Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Dustin's Vinyl. Ah, it's so good to be back talking music. Uh, one of my favorite things in the world. When everything goes to shit, you always got music. That's what I always say. Um, really happy to be here um, talking music. Uh, we're going to get into some vinyl records because, you know, I love uh, vinyl records. I had a, a dispute with somebody the, um, the other day online about um, the quality of sound saying that, uh, you know, vinyl doesn't match digital and like we're having this whole back and forth and stuff. And uh, I don't know, there's just something if you're a vinyl person, you know that it just has a groove that you enjoy. It's not one is better than the other. Maybe certain electronic music sounds a little different on, you know, digital. But uh, I love and I love modern music. I don't want you to think I'm just this guy that's just pulling out old dead white guy music, which there's a lot of that on the show today. But <laughs> I do love Spotify. And I want to share a little thing, a little, I'm doing a little impromptu and pulling the audible on the show. None of the, uh, my crew knows what, I, what is happening. Um, I was kind of uh, scoping around in, uh, in Spotify and I found a really cool band. Um, this is a band called The Pretty Reckless. And they're a brand new band and they've kind of been around a little bit, but uh, sexy cover there. Uh, Death by Rock and Roll is their new single coming out uh, 2021. It's going to be released. The whole album will come out. And uh, just a really cool rock and roll band. They kind of sound like um, kind of like the, the opening of a James Bond movie. They kind of like this. It's a, a girl voice, just kind of just real sexy and sultry, but really kind of like kind of white stripey music and just really cool band. So if you get a chance, check out the Pretty Reckless, really cool new band. Um, that I am going to follow from here on out. So you can check them on Spotify. Uh, Death by Rock and Roll is their single, and they have a video out, and it's like some guys, you know, stabbing a skull with like a syringe. Like it's all dark and weird, and uh, it's really up my alley. So if you get a chance, check that out because uh, we're all about new music as well as the classics. Um, we're going to do a, a random pull today. Um, we're staying on theme with the Christmas um, because Christmas is coming. Even if you uh, don't celebrate Christmas, I'm sure you still enjoy Christmas music. This is uh, the Ventures Christmas album. Um, I don't know if any of you are fans of surf rock. Um, I'm a big fan of uh, Dale Butler and all that stuff. This is uh, the Ventures, Don Wilson, Bob Bogey. Really cool stuff. It's you know it's great when you listen to a Christmas album and it kind of has a you know kind of a different rock sound or, or, or rhythm blues or you know something different. And this definitely has that. If you like that surf Hawaii five o kind of stuff, this they did uh, you know Christmas songs with with that guitar lick and stuff. And so it's really cool wild stuff like Jingle Bell Rock and stuff like that. Sounds like it, it, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, just versions you've never heard with this kind of, uh, you know, California surf rock sound. And so this is a really cool album. It's kind of a vintage. Uh, it's a little hard to get. Um, but if you uh, want to search out something that's different and you want your Christmas music to be a little, you know, different than the, a the average, you know, Bing Cosby kind of stuff for the, you know, typical, you know, Mormon Tabernacle Choir or whatever you listen to for Christmas, this I recommend. Uh, the Ventures uh, is cool. I just, I really enjoy surf rock all around. I think it's like one of the, my favorite instrumental kind of uh, music where it's just, uh, just has that twangy guitar, a guitar sound that no other genre of music really has. So um, get you some Ventures. Uh, it's really cool stuff. This is the Christmas album. I recommend it as a weird, cool Christmas listen, if you will. So, uh, so yeah, so I'm getting ready for Christmas. I'm excited. Um, but, uh, you know, and just uh, and we get presents. And one of my presents is having a terrific co-host, a guy that's uh, has uh, he's coughing. Hope he doesn't have COVID. And he's been 
<laughs> he's been around the music uh, business for a really long time. He's toured with bands and done production and security and all kinds of stuff. Had his own record shop and a funny comedian, Jeffrey Paul, in the studio. What's Hello, up, buddy? Dustin? What's up? How are you? See ya. Yeah, good, good to be seen, man. How are you? I'm all right. What do you think about the ventures? I, you like uh, you like that surf rock stuff? Love it. I absolutely love it. They're um, they do a great version of uh, Ghost Riders in the Sky. Oh, sweet. And yeah, and it's like you know, there's no there's no vocals on any of their songs. It's just it's just them playing, and you know where there would be vocals. It's it's that lead guitar, and like you know, you described it perfectly. That twang to it um i mean i guess people would know them more from the hawaii 50 theme i think probably that that and wipe out would probably be their two biggest hits right yeah line surf uh, i think line surf rock was a big one but i also think uh just a few years ago i remember seeing them get inducted into the rock and roll hall of fame so uh yeah that, that's an interesting choice i didn't even know they had a christmas album so uh, you know you never know with bands sometimes they just throw it out there what about that band uh pretty reckless have you heard them yet they're really uh yeah, really they've cool, been man. around for a little like while. 2011 I mean, or I, something, but this is kind of their newer. I think uh, hopefully they'll get a little more of a hit this time. Well, you know, any bands that I think that are playing, playing instruments, not playing, uh, not auto tune, that play their own instrument, those are the bands like I kind of gravitate to and like and want to support. Um, th you said they have a new album coming out? Yes, they have a single that's out now, and in 2021, the whole album comes out. So I see. I didn't hear anything new from them. So is it, did you like what you heard? I did. Death by Rock and Roll, man. It's a really cool kind of sultry hard rock song. Really cool. Would Would you put them in the same kind of category of like maybe like a hailstorm? Kind of more kind of. I I see it as kind of like Kate Bush, you know, meets this kind of you know I don't know, just kind of their own sound, really. It's just kind of a, a hard rock Kate Bushy kind of thing. If you don't know Kate Bush, she's kind of like before Sinead O'Connor. There was like this Kate, Kate Bush sound. She had a big hit with Running Up That Hill. Absolutely. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, so let's get into today's um, uh, featured album. And um, old white guys. It is old white guys, but you know what, Dustin? <laughs> I support old white guys because I'm old white guys one. are popular right now. They're barely you, oh, yes. you can't get rid of them. You can't get rid of old white guys. They they just no. they end up running the country. They end up throwing you know being quarterbacks. Like it's just old white guys are here to stay. <laughs> Yeah, they're like mold, right? You just can't get rid of them. Can't get rid of them. Uh, <laughs> we try, but, but you know what? Though, it is rare when you have um, a supergroup that actually lives up to the hype. You know, like this is the supergroup. You know that lived that lived up to the hype. You know, we're talking about the traveling Wilburys. Um, yeah, look at look yeah. at that. I mean, you have five guys there. Each of them can sell out a stadium on their own. George Harrison, uh, Roy Orbison, Tom Petty, Jeff Lynn, Bob Dylan. I mean, it's insane. And the thing is, you like I got to tell you, since we've been doing this, I think this was the most enjoyable week I had listening to an album over and over again. And then just going down the wormhole, which is Roy Orbison, which mm. we'll get to because, in my opinion, he's the standout. And they're all great. They're yeah. all uh, phenomenal. But he's the guy that really stood out to me in this super group. And um, okay, so where do they start? They they were all friends. And basically, the group starts with Jeff Lynn was uh, at the time recording George Harrison's Cloud Nine album. Yeah. And they were in Los Angeles. And they would just be hanging out at night. And I they, they need to record some tracks and got Dylan involved somehow. They wind up recording some of the- Well, let me, let me back you up just a little bit. Um, so yeah, they were having dinner and uh, Jeff Lynn and uh, Harrison were talking about, you know, working on a B-side of one of his uh, singles. Correct. Uh, his 45s right. and Roy Orbison was there 
and wanted to he wanted to just watch he wanted to come hang out and watch them produce you know this album and then the reason and then i think it was with tom with bob dylan let's see it was like uh did he leave his guitar or tom petty somehow left his guitar tom over petty. At bob, tom bob petty dylan's did, right. house like it's this, this whole yes. this like yes universal weird kind of thing that came together <laughs> it like, like it was like i don't know what it was uh dylan had the studio and then, yeah, and then, uh, yeah, that's what it was. And somehow they said, we'll go to Bob Dylan's house because he has the studio. And then somehow um, George Harrison left his guitar over at, at Tom Petty's house. That's what it was. So he went to no, Tom think, Petty's I, house I think to get the, the other guitar. Way I think, yeah, I, I, think, I, I think it was the other way. I think, it, but yeah, I think it was Petty left the guitar. Think about it. Tom Petty left his guitar. And, and then all of a sudden they make this, this <laughs> super group. So insane. It's so insane. Uh, yeah, they would be sitting, they would have sitting there drinking coffee and start jamming and break into a riff. They would all join in and then they write these incredible songs off this uh, for this album. Um, I think on the album, uh, and w w my favorite track, at least, you can hear the whole influence of Jeff Lynn. I think this is a heavily Jeff Lynn uh, uh, influenced album in the song I don't know writing. if a lot of they people all... know Jeff Lynn. Like, won't you explain to them where he's from and everything? Because a lot of people don't. I mean, uh... he he is he is the Electric Light Orchestra. Yeah, he writes all the songs. He produces all the songs. He has like that big over the top swirling type of sound. You hear it on like uh, if you ever listen to the soundtrack of the movie Xanadu, you hear it very big time <laughs> on the Cloud Nine album. <laughs> Dustin, do not make fun of me. <laughs> You will never live that down. Yeah, I wore an eye patch, but you you just quoted Xanadu. Oh, me, I love yeah. that. Did you, did you have your roller skates? Stupid. Did you roller skate to that song? I know you wrestled to Rush. Dude, did you roller skate to Xanadu? I, I may have. Not only did I see Xanadu more than once, okay, I went to see the play Xanadu. Oh, no. Okay. Yeah, you can yeah, never yeah. make fun of me. Yeah, all right. <laughs> Listen, shit gets revealed on this show. Yeah. Yeah, it does. <laughs> it does. Um, yeah, but that's who Jeff Lynn is. And he, again, this, this big sound. He's the guy that came up with the name Traveling Wilburys. He's the one that, they, you know, where they, uh, again, writes a lot of the songs, but they all got equal song uh, writing credit on this album. Yeah, well, you know and how they came up with the name, right? The the stereo equipment was a Wilbury or something. They called it a Wilbury. That was one of the, the stereo equipment they used in the studio. And then they originally it was the trembling Wilburys because it trembles. Yes, yes. Yeah. And then they were kind of right. like, nah, I don't know about trembling. And then they kind of went with traveling and everybody agreed that was a pretty good name. They, they, that, every, that, the, all, this whole thing was off the fly. It was like geniuses, just like just mad geniuses, just creating this stuff just out of nowhere. I mean, you start talking three members in. Pick any three members. You know, say George Harrison, Tom Petty, and Jeff Lynne. And then you still got Roy Orbison and Bob Dylan. You know what I mean? It's just amazing. The, the, the best the, singer the and the best lyricist of our time. You know, between the two yeah, of them. I, yeah. Right. And right, right. The greatest lyricist, Dylan. But you know what also kind of stands out on this album as well? I was, I'm listening to it, and I'm like, you know, who is this session musician that's playing slide guitar. And it's, I didn't realize it's Harrison. And it, you, you forget nice. how great of a guitar player he was. And then, oh yeah, the White Album. He played uh, the lead on While My Guitar Gently Weeps, which is like one of the great guitar songs of all time. Yeah. So it, it, like I said, it's, it's, uh, it's rare that this collective talent lives up to the hype and they do. Let's um let's bring in uh producer Adam. Uh let me ask him his opinion on, you know, uh, does he think that this is a this is a band that lived up to its hype and were there other super group groups that you could think? So, buddy, hey Adam, you, see, uh, you hey. have it as well. I love that. I do, I do. Albums. Yes. Yep, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> And in the background, last week's uh, album. Uh, yeah, we got uh, London away. Calling back there. <laughs> and I got one uh, Dylan up there, uh, the Basement Tapes up there. But, but oh, what nice. do you think about this album? I also think I see Versus, uh, Pearl Jam, all the way up yeah, the top. Yeah, the corner. that's Versus all the way up there, too. What do, what do you think about this uh, Traveling Wilburys, man? Do you, do you, did the album live up to what you thought it was going to be? Or you, you kind of see maybe other super groups may have... Uh, you know, been just as good, if not better. 
I mean, this is the ultimate super group. And I would say that this Agreed. album is just pure rock and roll joy. And just like you were saying before, I mean, like just listening to this over the past week, it was, it was just, it, it, you know, it was so fun, so enjoyable to listen to. And it's just amazing. I mean, you guys already touched on kind of the happenstance of how this group came about. And it's just amazing that this album actually exists. I mean, how many other, you know, you, you have five rock icons in there. How, how, I mean, how many other times do you have this happen? All of them in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah. Harrison twice. Well, just the um, impromptu of this whole thing, too. I think originally they had a drum machine, and then they, I think then they brought in, like, a Sessions drummer. I think Jim Keltner, I think his name. And uh, But watching, I watched a little bit of the documentary, and, like, in his percussion stuff, sometimes he's, like, playing bottles in the refrigerator. Like, he's he's, play, he's playing the blinds at some point just to make <laughs> these weird sounds. Like, he's all, they'll just put a microphone next to something in the in the apartment, the, the condo, wherever they were, and he's just, like, playing stuff. And apparently, I think the house, was um the guy from the arithmics what's his name hey, um dave stewart yeah dave stewart. yeah yeah. it was his house and that's where they were like hanging out and creating all this magic so then you got that on top of it you have just all these just amazing artists and think about what the arithmics were in the 80s the what especially in the think about how big the arithmics were in the late 80s oh yeah 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 absolutely this album comes Huge. out yeah yep. um for me my favorite so i mean like i love the album there's maybe one track on it that you know i didn't i wasn't a big fan of congratulations i um, love that song that's my favorite i think it's a fantastic song that's dylan's it's dylan dylan shines in that song it's fantastic it, it, to me you know it's a little draggy you can't I, critique it, an album a song off an I'm album that was in 10 it. days bro <laughs> 10 days. Uh, I, they made it in 10 days man Come it's, on. it's funny it's like <laughs> the, 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 of all the songs that i pick that i don't like that's your favorite this yeah. so typical of this congratulations <laughs> i just love the the harmony to it is great you don't like it that's See, weird I, no, I, I'm a weird dude. Uh, no, but my favorite song, my my favorite song was uh, "Not Alone Anymore." I I don't think think about people trying to maybe even cover the song. You can't cover Roy Orbison. He it made me go down a Roy Orbison rabbit hole where I was just listening to it, like I was like. This guy has to be one of the greatest vocalists. Yes, he he's time. the greatest rock yeah. singer of all time. If he had looked like Elvis, he would have been bigger. Oh you know, my God! Yeah, I mean, he, he, Elvis even said that at one point. Like it's like yeah. he was the greatest singer. Yeah, he was fantastic. Dustin, when you hear the, you you know the song. I mean, especially the song is just a song about loneliness. I mean, tell me, it, it brings you back to okay. Now I got to go back and listen to crying. It's over. You know, it it, it almost sounds like this is a you know a uh, continuation. Obviously, the song was written for Orbison, you know, by Jeff Lynn, but his. It's gut wrenching, you know, the way he sings when he when he, when he talks and laments about heartache and the the, the lyric you you always said um, I I would know someday how it feels when your love walks away. You know, it, you could feel the heartbreak in his like you could in his voice you could see him looking through that window, you know, which you know which the song describes and how you take love for granted. He was the king of that. Oh my God, man! Absolutely, was... I think one reason this album works so well too is there's no ego in a band like this, you know. Yes. Because and that's you know, and you would think, I mean, all these guys have every right to have an ego. They're they're icons for every you know aspect of the business. But yeah, I think it's like you know, it's a fruit of love. Like they were all like they they respected each other, and then the whole thing is like they they showcased each other in in this entire album like everybody had kind of a showcase piece on every song like they knew what to do with Roy Orbison and he's kind of like along for the ride because I watched a documentary and he's just kind of like hey man I just did whatever they told me to do like I was just happy to be a part of this band and what's what's emotional about it as well is this was his last piece of music before he died and so it was like really kind of his and he even said it I guess a couple of days before he died that he was really happy that you know he made this record with them because he got to go out on top because this album was huge and like you know, it's kind of a farewell to him as well. Yeah, um, because the second single on the album was uh, "End of the Line." Yep. And um, you know, he he died where he didn't even get a chance to to be in the video. 
if you remember. Yeah, you know, it's a pretty cool video. video, though. They have, like, his guitar and then a rocking chair, and they got and a, a It's really emotional. Like, you'll cry if yeah. you watch the video. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's powerful. You got, yeah. You got Roy Orbison's picture in the corner, and they're just kind of panning to it. You know, it's, like, just heart, you know, heartbreaking, but it's so cool that it, he was it, able to do this. It is, but... and. You mentioned uh, Dylan. Like, okay, so you like congratulations. For yeah, me, I like all the, of it. The, the, the Dylan song that I loved on here was "Tweeter and the Monkey Man." Um, it's 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 the longest song on the album. Yeah. Um, he was trying to go for I think a Springsteen type of feel. Where he's telling a story. You could, if you listen to the lyrics, you could hear the whole story. It almost like played out like an episode of a crime drama. Oh, it's phenomenal. And wh I watched how they made that song. And basically Harrison handed out a bunch of auto magazines and then they're just basically s reciting some of the lines that they read in the magazines like Gearbox and like and they would just kind of go around and say random things. It, I don't even think they knew what was happening until these songs were finished because it was so experimental. A lot of this stuff. What was the documentary that you're watching? Because this sounds really uh, good. It was the one that was I think it was from the box set. It was the one that uh, George Harrison's wife uh, produced. Mm. There's also uh, a lot of Jersey references on this uh, on this uh, song as well, right? Um, I mean, did you catch yeah. that? Yeah, I mean, a big first, Jersey guy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Jersey City. First, um, there's also uh, Railway Prison in there. Right. Um, he, I mean, they they basically um, name check a whole bunch of Springsteen songs: Mansion on the Hill, Thunder Road, State Trooper. Um, well, Jersey Girl, Tom Waits, but which became a Springsteen staple. That's it. I'm trying. There, there, no, there, there, like, there there That's not how you treat a co-host. Come on, Jeff. <laughs> Jeff is the worst. Uh, uh, no, I'm trying, I'm trying to remember. There's, there was, so, there was so many. <laughs> he stopped in the middle of the sentence. <laughs> well, what was I'm the last song? Right, we'll we'll on <laughs> we got any fans um, out there of this album? Anybody want to like chime in? We got guys. Yeah, let's see, Girl Bunny. Uh, uh Rontre says what a group i didn't know about it either uh let's see who else um jay dies a lot i had no clue about this band and uh oh. let's see and and uh one new york phantom it's their uh first time on twitch oh wow okay okay well, well welcome <laughs> <laughs> this is what we good, do good we for talk, you <laughs> we talk great music and we uh educate people and, bands. Speaking of and i love that i love that somebody didn't know this band existed because even like listening to it because i remember when it came out i was into other stuff i remember the video was popular and i remember it kind of circulating but you know i was in, i didn't appreciate it again this is an album i didn't appreciate it like i should have because you know i was into other stuff but uh, just listening to it now, as I have more of appreciation for better music, you know, you could just realize how groundbreaking this album is and how, you know, and, and just the fact that they did it in so quick shows how talented every single person on this, you know, this band was and that they just kind of they could do anything. That's how great they were. In 10 days, 10 days, they did this album. It took six weeks to produce the entire thing, but 10 days they had the rough cut. Like, it's unbelievable. And what's also kind of cool is that we've been we're sitting here talking about it. And we didn't even get to the the first single, and you know the, the hit off of it, which was "Handle job. with Care." Handle with Care. Right? We need. We didn't even. We didn't even get to it because the, the you know the deeper tracks are just as good as the single. You know? Absolutely. Uh, that, 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 you know, um, and, and when we say it was a single success, it it didn't. It you know it didn't. It wasn't a number one hit. It was, you know, it went higher on like the adult contemporary on rock charts, but in the overall uh, uh, Billboard chart, I mean, it just barely cracked the top 50. Um, and I even believe that this first single was recorded without a drummer. I think they used a drum machine. I don't think they did that when yeah, they were so writing it or when they recorded it. I'm, when they I'm recorded it, they used a Sessions guy who worked with Ringo Starr and Harrison on a lot of other stuff. Yeah. And that was... Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was Jim Keltner is the guy that okay. originally was the drummer on there. But the, the songwriting is great. Uh, you know, I think the other thing is when you look at the, the, who the members are, you know, they all gave themselves aliases. There was yep. something Will yeah. Berry. You so know, fun and they had about that. That's so fun. Yeah. 
Yeah, like they had a good time with this. Yeah, and, and like Handel you, you care, apparently, um, I, I think what happened with there is George Harrison just looked over at a box yep. and there was a box <laughs> and it said Handle with Care on it. And he literally got the title track for, for that song off of that. He was just like, Handle with Care. And then they kept, that's how they, they did the whole album. Be, yeah. I mean, surprised there wasn't stuff like Dr. Pepper can, you know, it was just whatever, <laughs> whatever they were looking at. They were like just pulling in for pulling information and stuff from, you know, their surroundings, which I just think that's so cool. Cause sometimes as comedians, you know, we write jokes off, you know, experiences we have or things that are around us. And so to watch this thing come together, you know, is really cool how they just like randomly like pulled stuff is really fascinating to me. And they all had like their, their part to sing in this. And again, for me, Roy Orbison's singing about how he has uh, more love to give is just like, it, you know, it helped, it, I loved listening to it because it helped me rediscover uh, Roy Orbison, who I haven't thought about in years. You know, uh, you know, you, we, we listen to newer music, or we, you know, we're listening to, to to our favorites, and you know, it's easy for these great artists to kind of get lost in the shuffle, and then to go back and rediscover this. It was like listening to it like brand new again, and that was really like uh, kind of fun to do. So this was a this was a great choice. Uh, to go back and uh, it was also to. difficult to get Dylan. I mean, he was on tour, um, like heavy on like the late eighties and nineties. He was very heavy on tour. So I think they only had, that's why they had to do it in 10 days. Cause he only <laughs> had that window. So just to get him involved was kind of difficult to just get him for that amount of time. So that was the thing too. They had, that's kind of why they had to rush it because in order to have Dylan, they had to kind of like squeeze it in. So just all those time restraints and all that stuff, the elements they had to deal with is just fascinating that this is the product that came out of all that. And you know what the Meanwhile, there is, you know, uh, Chinese democracy took six years and you know, <laughs> look what that thing turned out. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like certain bands have all the time in the world and it's like, it's yeah. shit. This, yeah. yeah, this is good stuff. <laughs> uh, the song, did you know that there's a Dustin Chafin connection with the song End of the Line? Do you know what the Dustin Chafin connection is? You're talking about is? my career? What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty brutal, oh, you, Jeff. You didn't have to you go that jaded, hard. Jaded, I mean, you know, comedian. Twitch is a big deal for me right now. <laughs> no. Uh, I'm on the upswing. Yeah. Adam, I didn't know. I don't think you knew this about Dustin, but Dustin was in a, he, he appeared uh, on a show called uh, Crashing on HBO. Mm. And the song End of the Line also appeared in uh, an episode of Crashing. Oh, wow. Oh, I did not know that. Wow. Okay. So there's a six okay, degrees I like of, that. You of, know, of I the like that. Thanks for doing that. Dustin. Thanks for doing that. I would have <laughs> never put that together. <laughs> well, that's why you get now. That's why you got me as your co-host. That's why I have you here. Yes, you're the one. Like you, you, you're a fact stuff, guy. I love that. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried and true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. <laughs> Speaking of facts, um, I, I, like the, I like the whole idea of um, if this was the supergroup, who were some of the other supergroups that... that um, you think you know could have rivaled these guys, or were there anyone who you think you know is underrated as a supergroup? Let's go down that wormhole a little bit. Um, well, I'll start with um, definitely rated, which would you know I hate underrated. Um, but Highwaymen is definitely uh, the supergroup oh, of, of Johnny Cash, Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, and Chris Christopherson. I mean, you can't, as far as country legends, they rival, you know, any, you know, this album in the sense of, you know, in their genre of music, there's really nobody bigger than those, those guys. So I would say that would probably be the closest. I mean, there's a whole bunch of other ones, but I think that's probably the closest. You know? I was thinking, do you remember the group Damn Yankees? Who was in that? Damn Yankees. Damn Ted Yankees Nugent? Ted Nugent. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Ted, nu Ted Nugent, mm -hmm. Tommy Shaw from Styx and Jack Blades from uh, Night Ranger. And they had some they had some big hits, you know, they had, you know, you shit with uh, high enough. Um they had um uh, don't tread on me. They had they had a couple of other ones I am uh, just forgetting about, but they you know that that are great. I'm I'm visualizing the uh, the videos in my head. Uh, Come again was another like monster hit for them. Um that was another great supergroup. And do you guys remember the first supergroup? 
who was considered a supergroup. Cream. Cream was a supergroup, but where did yeah. but where did where did Ginger Baker come from? Adam, you're the you're the uh, you're the checker. Hmm. <laughs> Whenever we, look that up. we stumble on something, we need you, buddy. Get because those Google cream, fingers ready. <laughs> yeah, cream, and if maybe anyone's out there, maybe they can help us out a little bit with this because you had Cream was uh, Jack Bruce, Ginger Baker, and uh, Clapton. Um, they were Yard great. Birds, remember? Yeah. Okay. Yard, but they all didn't play together, you know, with the with the Yardbirds. Paige, Beck, and Clapton were all in the Yardbirds, yeah. never at the same time. I'm thinking also, do you remember a uh, Dustin, a group called Asia? It, yeah, I've heard of them. Yeah. Yeah. Asia Ooh. was John Wetton from King Crimson, Steve Howe from uh Yes, um, Carl Palmer was the drummer from ELP, and Jeff Downs also from Yes and the uh, Buggles. There's also, you know, Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young. Um, yeah, huge. that's a big one. That's a big one. Yeah, yeah. There's one that I found recently on a plane when I was uh, I was watching the Linda Ronstadt documentary. Dolly Parton, Emmylou Harris, and Linda Ronstadt in a trio, and they had two albums out, and it was the three of them. Jesus Christ. And uh, yeah, it's I had no idea either, and I was just like, you know, trying to listen to that. It's fantastic. Those three just singing just beautiful, beautiful country songs. Did um. The Wilburys, did they ever do uh, a show? Did they ever perform live concert? I don't think so. And no. they did uh, two albums, I believe. I love how they went. It was volume three was the second album, which I, the whole, they're so funny. Like everything was like tongue in cheek. Like their second album was called volume three because they just kind of wanted to just be funny about the whole thing. Um, I and, love Velvet Revolver. Yeah. That's Velvet Revolver is one of my that's favorites. A, yeah, yeah, I think that's that a was great Wyland, super group. Right, Scott Weiland, Slash, right. Wyland. Yeah, yeah, Duff, yeah. Duff, Duff from Guns N' Roses. Yeah, um, let's see. Would you put what do you got? Um, audio I was gonna say uh, Temple of Dog. Temple of Dog. Uh, <clears> they were great. Nineties, uh, Mad Season. Also, were they a band or yeah. were they more like a tribute? No, they were. Well, they were more of a well a tribute to Mother Love Bone. Or I think they were, I mean, they were mostly a band, I, I think, because it was it was Chris Cornell and the guys from Pearl Jam, I think. Was Vetter in was the a, band? No, no, Vetter was, wasn't. Okay, so yeah, the Mother Love Bone was with, uh, I think, um, uh, Goslin, right? right? And uh, Mike, Mike McCready. Uh, can you ask people out there if they have any favorite super bands? Ask if people have any favorite super bands. I found some some weird ones I didn't even know about. A Perfect Circle, I guess. Members of Tool, Smashing Pumpkins. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And the Vandals. I guess Chickenfoot would be up there as well. Yeah, Chickenfoot. The, the drummer from the um, uh, Chad from the uh, Chili Peppers. Michael Anthony, also for Van Halen. And uh, Joe Satriani. And they yeah, put out a, an album, and they and they. How was that it. album? They're good. It's really good. Yeah, um, yeah. It's. It, 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 I mean, it's what you think it is. You know, it's it's funny it, when it, you start kind of like researching some of these. Then um, this the Crooked Vultures, I guess, was one that was uh, Dave Grohl. Um, oh, Josh, Josh Holm from uh, Queens of the Stone Age. Queens of the Stone Age. Yeah, I had no idea. Uh, Paul Jones, John Paul Jones, Led Zeppelin. Like, yeah, just amazing. But again, I mean, we're talking about amazingly talented bands. You know, none of them. You know, like very few of them lived up to what the expect expectations you had with Traveling Wilburys, and then when you put it on, and you're not disappointed at all in anything that they put out. Yeah, I mean, it was a very short run. You know, two albums. So you know, be just you know, imagine if they had you know produced more albums. You know, if Roy had lived and all that kind of stuff. I mean. I uh, it's it's really hard to match this album. I mean, I think the second album is good, but it doesn't capture this magic that this one had. And I think just you know, Roy has a lot to do with that. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's you know, it's cool when bands do that. I think it's interesting. You know, it's like sometimes I think people try to produce a super band, whereas they try to like get the best people. Whereas this is just you know, just by chance this happened. This is just random. I mean, you know, if they hadn't been at that dinner, if that guy's guitar wasn't at that right. guy's house, <laughs> if like that box didn't say something on it, if like you know, it's like this whole this thing may have not been what it was. You know, did you did any of you guys see any of these? Uh, any of those members in person ever see him live in concert? Um, I have not. No. Have you? 
me. I've seen uh, Jeff Lynn, you know, okay. with, with ELO. You seem like an ELO uh, guy. I love the ELO. Yeah, that seems like that's your jam. I <laughs> I wasn't much we're, into we're, them, but I want to get into them. I think it's one of those bands I just kind of, I remember the album covers, ELO and all the cool, you know, that like was huge in the 70s, but I just never, they have some great hits, but I just never really went down oh. that, that path really. Yeah, I mean, uh, they're a band that, and I don't know. I don't, I'm wondering if you would like them because you you don't like orchestras in 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 your rock, and the, it's in the name, Dustin. Electric Light Orchestra. There's an orchestra. <laughs> I don't like a like the Philharmonic. There are cellos. I don't like the there Philharmonic. No, no, no. I like Primus and stuff. I like certain instruments. You know, I don't mind different instruments. I just don't like it when Metallica is like, okay, here we are with the Philharmonic behind us. It's like that. That I don't like. I like it if they want to add in kind of weird instruments and stuff. I'm, I'm cool with that. I just don't like it when it's like a you know a classical thing behind them and then they try to do their music on top of it i just i don't know i just don't like music layered like that but i don't mind i don't well, mind that's cello. A big, that's a... who doesn't like a cello <laughs> I know, adam's not a big cello guy like a violin <laughs> i love all that stuff adam, had, adam has hard rules about a cello he does not want cello <laughs> in his rock adam we got any people out there yeah let's see we got uh mancept Siv says blizzard of blizzard of oz who's in that yeah, that's what I'm. Uh, oh, that's not that, that's Ozzy. That's Ozzy and Rand, Randy Rhodes, uh, Rudy Sazo, and um, oh, who's the they're drama? just randomly uh, just throwing out songs. No, that was Ozzy, that was Ozzy putting together a, a band after he left Sabbath. Oh, okay. Well, that's technically a super group, I guess. If it's different yeah, groups, like, I mean, it? technically Dio with Sabbath is you know, I, you know, it's technically super groupy because it's not like they all started together. And then they came up as young lads and then created this band. So well, it's like people that were successful Rand in other bands. Randy was, Randy was, was a, a well-known guy, but he was, you know, but he wasn't part of any major bands. Rudy Sazo was. Whitesnake, right? Yeah. But he, you know what? The thing is that's later after Blizzard okay. of Oz, he goes into Whitesnake. He actually, you know, he played with everybody. He was originally, he, he wasn't, he, he played live with Quiet Riot, but Chuck Wright was the bass player who recorded Met, uh, Metal Health. So okay. he, okay, so Blizzard of Oz came out before that. He wasn't well known yet. It was Blizzard of Oz that really blew up Randy Sazo. What about okay? CRS? You guys know them? Child Rebel Soldiers? It's Kanye, <laughs> Lupe, Lupe Fiasco, and uh, Pharrell. Apparently that was a thing that happened. I did not know this. <laughs> yeah, is it good? I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. I uh, just yeah. I was looking up. Uh, it's probably. I think they had one song. <laughs> no, that's a that's a collaboration. That's not. <laughs> uh, one more though. Down. That's apparently was a big. Um, oh yeah, down. Members of Pantera, and uh, let's see, I hate God. I guess is a group. I don't know. Some of these I'm just kind of like I, pulling I, I it out. Would you would you put in that category Audio Slave? Yes, absolutely. That's a Maybe great Cornell. band. I, I, That's a and great it's everybody, band. Yeah, and it's everybody from um, from Rage with Chris Cornell. And then you could have Prophets you know, of the, Rage also. Prophets of Rage. That's the, yeah. That's the later one, right? Right. Yeah. yeah it's it, you know what it, it's it's like what they're trying to do. They're almost like they're trying to pull off a traveling Wilbury type of thing, but it's just too much. Like it's so hard to duplicate Zach De La Rocha, you know, he was the, you know, the passion behind uh, rage against the machine, man. You know, it, you talk about a guy who connects. It's interesting that you say that because, you know, sometimes it's like as, as fans though, I think people just want, they want the band any way they can get it. You know what I mean? Like, um, you know, I agree. Yeah, like yeah. sometimes it's like journey, you know, you don't have Perry, but you got this other guy that sounds really good. So, so people still feel like they're seeing journey, you know, they still feel there's a lot of bands that replace the singers and, you know, even ACDC and different bands, you know, they replace the singers. That's not necessarily forming the supergroup, but it's, you know, the, the, the bands change. And then it's like the, you know, the fans still kind of want the piece of the band, even though, you know, key elements, maybe. You're a thousand you know, died or people died or whatever. Right. 
You're a thousand percent right. Look at look at a band like right now, like uh, Farna. Do you know that you can go out on a night to go see Farna, and there's not one original member from Farna in it some nights because Mick Jones is the only guy left from Farna, uh, who who still plays in the band. And there's some nights he takes off and doesn't even perform. Oh yeah, it's what Leonard Skinner. There's like, I mean, somebody's cousin is like the original member. Like, there's nobody <laughs> left. <laughs> it's like the Almond Brothers was like that towards the end. It was like there was nobody. It was yeah. like you know. So, but, do you know, you know, Kiss, you know what Kiss wants to do? What does when Kiss Gene want to do? And, and when Kiss and G, uh, when uh, Kiss when when Gene and Paul retire, they want to be able to cast another Gene and Paul, have the band go out, play the Kiss songs. They'll collect on it. And it'd go out like, like like a touring band. They'll go in the name Kiss, but it's not going to be one original member. They'll they'll be they'll be able to play the Kiss songs because Kiss will allow them to, and they'll pick up you know royalties on. That's on, the genius, on the genius businessman of of uh, Gene Simmons, Gene man. Simmons. That yeah. guy. I remember I met him once at uh, I was working at the Jacob Javits Center, and I was just kind of just you know like a day job the kind of thing, and and then I was just out of nowhere. Gene Simmons just walks into the Jacob Javits with these two beautiful women. I got up and it's my first, you know, by the second autograph I've ever gotten from a famous person. And he was there promoting the kiss coffin. Like that's why he was at this <laughs> trade show. And it was like, just the idea that like kiss had like a coffin chain. He like signed a, for you. Yeah. He signed, I signed, he signed a thing. Yeah. Wow. He doesn't he, sign a lot of do people. That a lot. Yeah. Cause I know he's kind of weird with that, but I was like the only one that like was you know excited that he was there. Cause it was, he had just kind of w- just walked into the building kind of thing. But, uh, but yeah, they, I mean, they're the genius with their marketing, but but why not? You know, I saw Kiss this last tour and it was phenomenal. That's and right. it was like, you know, it wasn't the original drummer, wasn't, you know, original uh, let's guitarist, but it was still great. You know, it was no Ace, it was no, you know, Peter Chris, but it was still, it was still fantastic. I mean, I, I couldn't believe what they were doing in their 70s. I mean, unbelievable. You know? Well, they're, they're, what they're doing in their 70s is they're playing with backing tracks. You know, there was some there was some okay, don't uh, ruin nights. kiss for me. Okay. It was a great show. <laughs> and and Paul Stanley not- was was on a he was on a wire. And so was so so was Gene Simmons. He's on a wire playing bass in the in the middle of Madison Square Garden. It was still great. I don't give a shit. Of course he's gonna have some backup vocals stuff. I don't care. You know what I mean? It's not like Britney Spears. They're singing. No, 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 know? no. It was like Britney Spears. No, nah, they were singing, man. I was there, bro. They were singing. I don't care what anybody says. I defend. I defend uh, Paul Stanley. He still. Uh, he can still sing. Listen, Kiss was my first concert. I love Kiss. I love Kiss. You All know. Right. Um, is there anything better than the beginning of Kiss Alive Two, and the introduction? You know, the hottest band in the land, Kiss, and they open up with Detroit Rock City. Come on, man. That that's legendary stuff. It's great. But um, I'm not gonna ru- I'm not gonna ruin kiss for you. Don't, Don't ruin kiss for me, Adam. <laughs> what do you got? Do you got any fun facts or any people? Talk to us. What do you got? Yeah, I can uh, give you the uh, Wilbury names of each of the members. Yes. All right. So we got George Harrison was Nelson Wilbury, Jeff Lynn Otis Wilbury, Roy Orbison Lefty Wilbury, Tom Petty was Charlie T Wilbury Jr. and Bob Dylan was uh, Lucky Wilbury. Where is he? Yes. I'm, doing one. I'm doing this backwards. It's hard to do. <laughs> All right, we got any any questions or anything out there? Fan stuff. Let's see, uh, there was something I saw before. Uh, My sweet boy days said uh, traveling Wilburys are the first boy band. <laughs> <laughs> Um, actually, you're wrong. It's Menudo, but good, good right. try. <laughs> <laughs> Menudo the is monkeys? the first boy band. What's up? What about the monkeys? Were they a boy band? Uh, interesting. I mean, they did. They, that's the question. You know, did did they play anything? They kind of did. They play any instruments? I, I I don't know the real story Peter, on that. Peter Talk did. Okay, well then it's not a boy band. The, my my definition the one... of a boy band is people that don't play instruments. I mean, that's. Do you yeah. know what I? Right before the pandemic. Uh, last year, there was uh, a. I thought you were just letting this guy it, it, slide by calling the traveling wilburys the first uh, boy band. You're just letting that slide, Jeff. <laughs> You're letting this guy just call have... this band a boy band. You're just letting that happen. Go ahead. Uh, okay, you walking tankerish, <laughs> Jeff? Here it comes. Okay, they're not a boy band. There you they're, go. They're, uh, they're, Jeez. Come on. You they're go not a boy. Kiss. You can't no. go up to this guy. 
because <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's such a stupid thing that uh, boy, the first boy band. It's just someone trying to be snarky yeah, and they're funny. No boys. They're it's no not. Boys. <laughs> They're old men. They're not, they're not boys. They're, they're not boys. They're, they're, they're men. You know, yeah. one guy died like a, a couple of months afterwards. So they're not a boy band. Two of them are dead. Um, yeah. Two, uh, three. Is two three, three. Three. Yeah. Yeah. Ha- Harrison. Um, oh, yeah. Petty, Petty died. I, I forgot that Petty died. Petty. Oh, that's horrible. Yeah. 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 Well, I, I want to say one quick thing, Jeff, and I'll let you have the floor. But um, I, um, I have a thing that a lot of people don't know about me is um, I'm not a huge Tom Petty guy. Like, um, it's one of those guys that, uh, I feel like mm. got a little overplayed in my kind of my environment. And so I never appreciated Tom Petty as much as I did listening to this album and kind of going through the wormhole. Like you said, it made me appreciate Petty a lot more, especially kind of, you know, him talking about working with this band and kind of like his humility with being able to work with these guys. And then, and then you kind of listen to how great he was, but I, I really took, it kind of took this to kind of make me kind of like back off a little bit and kind of get, get into Tom Petty again. Cause I just kind of like, was like one of those guys that I heard too much of. And was like, I can't take it, you know, with this, you know, I feel like don't back down was on constantly, you know? And so it was like, you know, a lot, you know how I am. A lot of times it gets overplayed and I just can't do it anymore. But this, but he definitely won me back on this. I think Jeff Lynn wound up producing a uh, full moon fever, yep. right, Adam? Yeah. yeah it was right so around the same was, time. I think Oh, that was, right, his, that was Petty's next after. album. Yeah, I bet that's so, a good I mean, album. Yeah, yeah. I mean, listen. I think anything that Jeff Lynn puts his hands on is he just he just knows how to produce. He is a great producer. I mean, Cloud Nine, I think, was Harrison's most successful commercial album. Um, he just has that sound. He, you know, he, he's he's a master. Uh, I don't know in if that the was studio. his most commercial album. I think probably you know all the Beatles stuff before that, but you, oh, you mean solo. I'm talking solo album. <laughs> okay. I'm talking solo album. Yeah, Jeff, Jeff Lynn didn't have anything. Okay. <laughs> George was great as a solo artist, yeah. And he, and, he, and he changed as a solo artist. And he and he had something to say as a solo solo artist. Yeah, uh, especially when he got sued for, uh, um, uh, what was that, My, My Sweet Lord? Oh, tell us you the know, story. I don't know. It, what happened? Oh, yeah, he, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, he, it was found that, uh, and, and listen, I don't. There's no way that he ripped off the chiffons. He's so fine, but it was, but it was declared in court that you know he he had stolen the song. My uh, my dear Lord was was a ripoff of uh, he's so fine, which mm. you know, I mean, you you can hear the similarities, but it's not the same song, you know. But he wound up losing, and then he wound up writing like kind of like a diss track, and, and the video was him like in. Um, I forgot the name of the song, but it's him in in court, and I just and it was a oh, great right. song too. Yeah, I mean Harrison had, cool. had a had a cool dark sense of humor as well. Yeah, very humble too. Out of all the Beatles, I feel like I liked him the best. Oh yeah, yeah. Harrison Harrison was great. I mean, I'm a big zen. McCartney fan. I I you know I I met McCartney several times. Uh, worked with him. Um, yeah, he was, he was, yeah, and he was always like as great a musician as he is. That's how much of a gentleman he was to us. I mean, yeah. I have a great uh, McCartney story. Um, first time I met him, um, we, he had, he had, he had been away for a while. He was after wings and he was coming back and the album that he was coming back to was flowers in the dirt. And he had this, uh, he was doing this big press conference over at, at the, uh, I think it was the Belasco theater uh in uh, on broadway and then just said that you know that night he's going to be doing a concert and you know at the theater and i was like man i gotta go see this so i called uh, one of my buddies who i had a feeling maybe working in that and he goes yeah come on down at five o'clock so i came down i came down i was dressed nice he goes uh you want to work like yeah he goes he goes he goes you look good he goes why don't you do the vip section so I work, I go up to the VIP section. I'm sitting there. I got a chair, you know, waiting for me. And it, you know, I'm sitting next to, I think it was Penny Marshall. And then oh, nice. you know, Axel Rose was there. Um, uh, Raquel Welch. I mean, all like these, like, you know, like, like these big shots. And after the show, you know, what you do is you do what is called a sweep, which we, we all go down to the floor and start from the stage and work our way up. And, you know, until everybody left. As I'm walking uh, up, my up like in a crow's nest, you know, is uh, that's where the dressing rooms are. My friend Fred Girello, who is Springsteen's road manager now, goes, uh, "Jeff, you wanna 
you want to, you know, maybe stay like another hour or so um, until uh, Paul leaves. He, he, I go, yeah, he goes, come on up. So I go up and we're just waiting in this area. We're just waiting in this area. And then Paul Schaefer is there and, and Keith Richards and all. I mean, it's sick. It's sick. And all we're doing is hanging out, talking with them, you know, That's until great. McCartney comes out. And, you know, McCartney comes out about 45 minutes later. First person he walks over to is me. He asks <laughs> me my name. He asked oh. me my name and introduces himself to me. That's like, fantastic. Like, like, I, 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 I didn't know. I Oh, really? P Paul, you look familiar. Do we work together, play softball? I don't know. Okay. Paul, is it Paul or Rawl? Which is it Paul? Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, nice to meet you. Paul, <laughs> you, you know, your name sounds vaguely familiar. Okay. What do you do? Uh, so he, he, he asked me my name. He thanks me for staying. Does the same thing to my friend Fred and then invites his guests back. And then we're able to leave. From that interaction, every single time, and now at the time he's still married to Linda McCartney, right? Linda, um, he, he would uh, he would be in New York. I was always requested to work with him. Oh, that's and fantastic! It, it was great. So he would stay at the Plaza Athene after Linda died. He never he didn't stay there again, and. Um, he had this, you know, this duplex in, in the hotel. And he, you know, if you wanted an autograph, I never asked for an autograph or anything like that. It just was being classy. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. And once in a while, you've been there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, uh, they, you know, they would get you anything you wanted. The one thing that they That's requested great. was no, no, no uh, meat because they, they were both uh, vegetarians. Linda was mm -hmm. extremely, uh, um, you know, into being a vegetarian. And, when he would leave, like say he was doing Saturday Night Live or whatever he was doing, uh, they needed someone to hang out in his room in case anyone broke in. Now it was a duplex. I was in the room. Oh, nice. And it was, dude. Did you take anything? So now anything I have. Good? You know what I did? Did do? you could sell on eBay? You have anything? <laughs> I was able to, he had his Rickenbacker. Okay. I was able to, I was able to uh, pick up the Rickenbacker and play it. Oh, nice. And That's so cool. He had like his, he had like this, this file of facts. And I was able to see, like, you know, who, like, you know, it was before cell phones, obviously. Uh, so he had, like, McCartney. Uh, you're just in there writing down, and like, okay, Ringo's number is uh, <laughs> like four, six. You know what? I have, it, was the first yeah. time, it was the first time I ever saw uh, a telephone in a bathroom, and I called my father. You know, I was like, Hilarious. hey, you, know, you wouldn't know where I'm calling you from, McCartney's bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> like, so typical. Paul shit Island. on this toilet, and I'm talking to you right now. I have, yeah, I, I, I don't got, have my, my connection. my leg. <laughs> My connection to Paul is not as exciting at all, but I do have a little bit of a connection. I have a cousin who is an ivory carver and um, he would carve like ivory um, uh, kind of jewelry. And he was a huge um, Beatles fan and Paul McCartney fan. And so uh, he carved this, uh, this these wings it was like a necklace and like little you know ivory wings and they and they sent it um to like the you know to i guess to his house you know back then you could send letters like fan letters to like bands and stuff anyway they sent th this necklace to and it got to paul mccartney and he wore this it was it's on one of his wow. album covers and it's like these wow. sure you've seen it these little ivory wings and you know they're my cousin like made those and like sent it to him and then he became friends with them he invited them to concerts and all that stuff and then they ended up making you know necklaces for willie nelson and a whole bunch of other people and stuff but it's like yeah it's just like this random thing they just sent it and then they had this connection and then they kind of became friendly with them and that's stuff. really cool yeah that's they made the album cool. cover yeah it was pretty cool so Adam, do you yeah. have a Paul McCartney story? <laughs> I have a Paul McCartney picture if I could find okay. it. What do you got? What do you got? <laughs> my yeah, might people a don't know who we're talking about. <laughs> All right, anybody out there? Anybody have anything they want to add to the show? Anything? Let's see. Uh, one New York Phantom says uh, I drove uh, Uber in the Hamptons and I picked up Stella. Oh, Stella McCartney. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, see, these guys were always worried about uh, harassment and kidnappers and everything. Um, it's true. I because um, at the same time I was doing that, it was at, uh, I was also sometimes with Springsteen, and Springsteen would stay. I, I don't know if he still stays at the, at, at the same hotel in the city, so I'm not going to mention it. And he was married to, to still married to Patty, but um, they would, you know, when the kids would go out, you know, me and this other guy would go with them. You know, and just stay, you know, just to keep an eye and make sure that they weren't.
bothered, wasn't harassed. You know, we, we, we you know, I've, I've done that for Dave Bryan from Bon Jovi and you know, a bunch of other people as well. But Very cool. uh, yeah, I mean, McCartney would have, I remember seeing Stella around, she'd come by, by the hotel. Very cool. See, one New yeah. York phantom says, Paul waved her goodbye and I leaned over and waved at him and he waved me off with a nod and a smile. He says uh, his house was his house was waterfront massive. <laughs> I lo I love fan fan energy. It's so cool because it's like it's amazing. That's that's when you know you're huge when somebody just says, "Yeah, that guy waved at me once." Here's the Paul McCartney photo. If it if it if it'll actually show, it probably won't. Uh, it's, this was come from, on, uh, Adam. It's on the phone. We're getting glare. I know. I, I don't even. I have so many screens. Up the best here. can. This is a low. This is a low budget show, buddy. We're doing the best we can. Okay. So this, <laughs> was okay we, we, we can do. Come stop. This was the. Uh, this was the twelve 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 show at uh, MSG. I had tickets oh. way up, way up, and I had a little point and shoot camera with me. I just kind of I was kind of backstage a little bit. I kind of I saw this light. I just I just uh, zoomed in, and there's Paul McCartney just smiling with uh, he's got his guitar, and I don't know who he's with. He's probably with his uh, with his band, but I thought it was a cool little photo, which cool backstage photo. That's yeah, very cool. Nice. I missed that show. I was I was uh, oh man, I remember. I was, oh, it was I an amazing was show. I had yeah. I got back too late. I was off for tickets. I missed it. Very cool. All right, Adam, what do we got? Uh, what do we got coming up? We got any? Let's do the. Uh... Yeah, yeah. So we go. Let's start with a super group. We got Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young uh, reissue of So Far, which is their 1974 mm -hmm. Greatest Hits uh, compilation. So it's a good oh, place to cool. start with uh, Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young. Um, and then since we've been talking about Paul McCartney, he's got a new album out, uh, McCartney Three. So that comes out on Friday. Let me see. Um, this is one for Jeff. We got Jewel, Pieces of You, the 25th anniversary. <laughs> she gets her teeth uh, fixed. It's a great album. <laughs> <laughs> She's not living in a car it's, anymore. So it's, right. you know. <laughs> So this was our first. This was a, it's actually a, uh, it's four LP. It's the complete album, B-sides, rarities, and outtakes. So it's, oh, uh, it's the 25th anniversary. So now you know what I'm getting you for Christmas, Dustin. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I know what I'm getting you. Enjoy, buddy. <laughs> I'll give you that Fleetwood Mac box set. <laughs> Touche. Let's see. We got uh, the Black Keys uh, Brothers, the 10th anniversary. And it's got three previously unreleased tracks on it. And uh, there's a new Drive-By Truckers album, the new OK. Good which band. Is, good um, band. Yeah, they're, they're great. And this is... Uh, uh, a follow-up to the unraveling, which they released this year, also, and it's—I um, think it's from the same session. And uh, there's a uh, Mondo is re-releasing the Back to the Future soundtrack. Oh wow! So that's got um, Power Love on it. It's got the Al yeah, the Alan Silvestri parts of the Alan Silvestri score and Earth Angel and a bunch of other songs from the movie. That's interesting. I was one time I was catering and I used to cater like tuxedo catering, like fancy parties and stuff. And there was like this, this high end event. And it was actually all African-American kind of high end people like Bill Cosby, Brian Gumbel. It was like all these kinds of wow. people. And it was like this high end event. And I'm like, you know, doing French service and almost spilling stuff on Brian Gumbel and all this stuff. And I look over <laughs> and they have a band and it's, and it's the entire, it's all African-Americans. And then the band, I look over to the right and it's Huey Lewis in the news. And was like, <laughs> wow. Like, I was like, who booked this? event like you didn't think it through it was this <laughs> was cool in the gang not around where, like i would just say it was the weirdest where, thing <laughs> the whitest band this? of all time was entertaining this group of people it's just so funny to me i don't know why <laughs> oh huey lewis was he was soulful yeah they were he great they were good they were kind of a, a kind of a, a little doo-woppy they were, yeah, they were a bar band on steroids. Like they really kind of like they yeah, exploded. They were definitely like they, that. They paid their dues. They played a lot of live shows before they hit. So yeah, they're good. And that Mike, I mean, they're that first album is you know hit after hit. It's they were good, not really my jam, but uh, you know they were great. Yeah, um, you talk about the album Sports. Yeah, that was the first one, right? Yeah, yeah, they, they had an album before that with uh, Do You Believe in Love. Which was a you know oh, that's a, a great song. I think that first big hit, yeah. No, I I, I loved Louis. You you, you, you listen to the news, yeah. 
So everybody, thank you so much for tuning in uh, to Dustin's Vinyl. Uh, you know, make sure that you get this album. Go, you can get it on Spotify. I recommend the vinyl because vinyl does sound better. I don't care what you digital heads say. I love how uh, vinyl sounds on a record player with speakers the, the way it should be. And uh, thank you guys so much. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you, Adam. Uh, it's a fun show. It's so cool to just you know listen to this music again. I look forward to doing the show just so I can listen to this music and just kind of get back into it again and uh so yeah so i'm excited to see you guys next week um we have some fun stuff coming up for you and uh yeah so keep listening to vinyl keep supporting record stores get out there and uh sift through those bins and find good stuff and uh if you want to just let us know what you find or what kind of music if you want to recommend some uh albums that we cover put that in the chat and uh yeah all right guys we'll see you later thank you so much for tuning in When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Mail checks, invoices, documents, and everything you need to keep your business running. Get rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS. And with the mobile app, you can take care of mailing on the go. Make the same no-brainer decisions as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.